0: I've utilized the thing that John Hewlett
1: has developed, this cardio miracle, and uh, just so you as a quick aside, uh, in the gym where I go every day, uh, the 30-somethings, and I'm in my mid-50s, just, they they just can't keep up. (laughs) Uh, I did start probably in about January taking the cardio miracle. The most interesting and telling thing after being on this for a few months is really noticing a difference in the energy level that I've had and the severity of my heart problems. It's funny, you start to begin to have this sense
0: that there's actual healing taking place inside the body.
1: Well, I'm one of the generation born in 1947. So on the front end of the baby boom, all I can say is if you want prolonged life, better health, more energy, better sleep, uh, this is a great product.
0: The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Bell Scott Bell Show. voice of health, freedom, and liberty, the Robert Scott Bell Show.
1: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Sunday Conversation (laughs) edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. This happens... I think every Sunday. Yes, it does. (laughs) And we're here in Las Vegas, Nevada, of all places, for a Sunday conversation with my good friend Christine Glein, who you may know from our weekday show, who appears regularly, often with uh, Jamie Dorley at Nutritional Frontiers. And uh, she came on board and uh, just been extraordinary the light that she brings with her. And she does the soul intelligence workshops and things. And she's doing that here in the Vegas event, the Biomed Expo, where we were together. And just like I said, ever since we connected, uh, I just enjoy connecting and, and understanding your, I don't know. There's a spirit that flows with you Thank you. in a light that you bring. And I remember when I attended the nutritional frontiers event, it was in, uh, not Tampa, but the Clearwater area, Yep,
2: Clearwater, Florida.
1: And you did the like workshop on, on Sunday morning. It was just beautiful. It was like on the beach. I was like, ah, oh, we need, to, we need more of that for awesome. sure. So anyway, I want to get some backstory from you and, and, and learn about your journey. And of course, I will also say thank you and a shout out to Jamie and the gang at Nutritional Frontiers for lending me, Christine, for a little <laughs> bit here. Uh, we're doing a little off the record stuff, talking about things that uh, uh, I don't know if it's part of our, our uh, job description, but, it's a, you know,
2: <laughs> it's all part of it. It's right? part of our life yeah.
1: description, right? Yeah. We talk about identifying our mission and passion in life mm-hmm. Uh I guess the question is, was it something you had where you remember back when you were a little girl, little kid, or this is something that evolved over time as you're growing up and dealing with all the challenges and stresses of life and trying to figure out who you are and how you fit into everything? When does it come together? Often they say, well, not until you're in your 40s or 50s do you even figure it out. I think
2: think that's probably accurate for me. Mm -hmm. That's probably accurate for me. Yeah. Um, In terms of like my own, you know, sort of spiritual journey or awakening or figuring it out, um, it really you know, I, I realized, um, early on that I was empathic.
1: Right. So I realized I was find the term empathic. Cause I, yep. I, I know it. A lot of people do know it. <laughs> I don't want to assume empathic. Hmm, what is that? Hmm,
2: what is that? Yeah. Well, when you pick up on other people's emotions in particular, so to that. Yeah, yeah. So I noticed when I would be around, um, you know, I had a Um, a very uh, challenging relationship with my father. Okay. And he was, um, an alcoholic and really destructive. And so I had a really rough growing up and I realized, you know, I didn't like how I felt when I was around him. I'm like, what's weird. But I felt, I almost felt like I physically changed when I was around him. I would become angry. I was, you know, just vicious. I would want to engage with him. And I'm like, this is not me. This is not normal. And it took me a very long time to figure out. Yeah. Oh, you're picking up on his self-loathing. You're picking up on his emotions. But I didn't find that to be, you know, the awareness to come until honestly, like you said, in my 40s.
1: Well, I was thinking, you know, as a child to have that sensitivity, if you don't have a parent or or, or, or some, I don't know, mentor that says, this is what this is. You you wouldn't know. Mm-mm. How would you know? And a lot of people still don't know. Again, because no one's talked to them in this way about the sensitivity that certain people have, mm-hmm. like as some would call it an extra sense. I think it's a sense that's heightened, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And and how do we explain how and some people it is and how it isn't? Or I think, as you would argue, that it can be learned and developed. Absolutely. Like a, like a, a, any sense could be heightened. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I talk about the power of soul intelligence, and soul intelligence to me is when you're tapped into that best version of you, right? Um, your mission, your vision, your values, your purpose. Um, you're in alignment. Um, you know, your mind, your body, your soul. Everything flows. You're in ease. Um, and you can't. You can't always do that, right? If you're around negative, toxic people, if yeah. you're picking up on all these energies. Um, but you can learn. Um, about emotion. Um, And really a lot of what I talk about when I talk about soul intelligence and what stands in our way and what's really the root cause of all illness, it's trapped emotion, Mm -hmm. right? Energy that is no longer in motion. It pools somewhere and then it causes dissonance in the frequency or just dis-ease within the body, dysfunction. And then we have to go see somebody, (laughs) right? Um, But it's really interesting. Um, Emotion is really what magnifies things and brings things to us mm-hmm. so right we start with the masculine the iq the idea right got to all start in the brain but our brain if we recall there's only a 20 um a, a field a magnification of about two foot around our brain but there is a six foot wide um, field around our heart, according to the HeartMath Institute, find six feet really odd. We had to stay six feet apart, yeah, right? Really, they don't <laughs> want heart
1: connections happening. It makes actually it makes all the sense in the world. that Doesn't it? On some level, the people that would uh, utilize this knowledge for not good purposes mm-hmm. Absolutely. are not accidentally saying stay away six feet. Exactly, and yeah. I, I think that for too long, you know, even as you talk about your childhood and having these senses, but having no way to make sense of them, funny mm-hmm. enough, absolutely. A- a- because our culture in the West has kind of uh, abandoned a lot of the spirit essence, the energetic essence of mm-hmm. our lives. And we've gone into a materialistic view of the world, you know, where it is just a body. Yeah. Right. OK, we have emotions, but yeah, you know, you have a mind. Yeah. But and then the spirit side, you know, that's kind of wild and wacky. You can't mm-hmm. talk about that. Sure. And so we've become so imbalanced in that way that we are vulnerable to the fear induction suggestions, machinery, whatever it is of you, If you get together with someone, you're gonna kill them just by breathing around them. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's a, you know, it's as horrific a statement, a falsehood as I've ever heard from anybody. And you can go back into the dictators that have killed millions to say that in a contemporary sense, it arguably has killed millions of people through just making them fearful and lonely mm. because now they're afraid to make the connection. You know, you talk about a soul intelligence, a soul connection, a heart connection. Right, absolutely because you're frightened because the physical, uh, uh, let's say, manifestations of of, of reductionism and materialism mm-hmm. distances us from our connection to the divine, mm-hmm. which, of course, is a lot of the heart stuff we talk about. Yep. I was on a panel, I was moderating uh, yesterday here, and one of the, the docs, energy type docs, mm-hmm. was talking about, you know, the brain nervous system, you know, and how we have more nerves even in our heart
2: mm-hmm.
1: than you can imagine. And of course, the gut is also uh, played played a role there, but we often overlook the heart aspect.
2: Absolutely. Well, your heart's never going to steer you wrong. Mind is going to take you on a trip, Mm -hmm. okay? But the heart will never steer you wrong. And so when we talk about, even we talk about quantum, right? So we start with the idea, that's this electric spark in the electromagnetic field. you got to have the masculine spark. But what magnifies things to you, what gets that particle wave to collapse in the electromagnetic field Mm -hmm. is emotion. That's what magnifies things and brings things in. So the importance of connection, obviously, was really experienced by everybody when it came to COVID. Right. Um, And it's I find it fascinating because one of the things that I was teaching in my coaching practice um, was how you brainwash somebody. So you brainwash somebody by you isolate them. okay? you you control the messaging, you repeat the messaging and you reward with fear or love. So I teach people how to brainwash themselves for good. um, (laughs) But I think we all experience Uh, the brainwashing for bad.
1: It's like, you know, changing out a program that is uh destructive
2: mm-hmm. to
1: one that is uplifting.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it
1: acknowledges I guess the uniqueness of each individual, mm-hmm. right? Because as much as I would say that we are made of the same cloth and I see that spiritually, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. The energy of creation, uh, the essence of God and the and divine divinity, spark
2: of white light in right? all of us, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what we have all in common and when I, when I hear the 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 phrase God we are all created in God's image and I look at the the body I'm like uh, we're deceived to think that's the image. Right. I, I believe, right, mm-hmm. uh, that it's a d- deeper spiritual reality that is non material that we're talking about. And then we come inhabit these bodies and we forget all of that. <laughs> we forget all of the divinity, the love. that, You know, we have to find our way back also kicking and screaming, sometimes fighting, scratching, clawing, as opposed to embracing. Like, well, why would we fight against something so beautiful? Right. Why, why do we spend a lot of our lives fighting against that? relationship with the divine or acknowledgement of who we really are. Mm. That's a fascinating question to me. I've got some answers for it, but I'm curious as to your experience with that, because, you know, you've probably been there and you certainly see a lot of people when you're doing their soul intelligence workshops that probably fight this initially. Mm -hmm. You're like, where does that come from?
2: What's really interesting, too, I've always felt like part of my job was to bridge, like, the business world with the spiritual world, right? Um, I'm kind of like a spiritual detective. You know, I kind of sneak the work in, Um, you know, because that was really hard for me. I didn't come out of the quote-unquote spiritual closet until… 2020. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That really was when I decided, oh, I really need to put this front and center. I got divine communication that it was time.
1: You you had to walk into that light in a sense and go, all right, here I am. Yeah. Well,
2: well, I got plucked out of corporate America um, through divine intervention, I believe, or I would still be doing what I was doing most Mm -hmm. likely. Um, Yeah, it was like
1: did that come as a. a like I said, a flash of light, a lightning bolt or a (laughs) subtle whisper in your ear or something appeared to you and you read it and you're like, Oh my gosh, how did, how did that message come?
2: Well, it's really interesting. I was, um, you know, I'm a big believer in both prayer and meditation. So for me, prayer is when you ask and you send your intention out and meditation is listening for the answers. Okay. So I love how they work in tandem. So meditation, I was, I was doing this deep meditation. Um, and I got, I just came out of that meditation. I remember having tears in my eyes and, and realizing I can't go back into corporate work anymore. That, that part of my life is over. I absolutely have to embrace the spiritual side of my life. And, um, It it felt like I almost couldn't breathe if I were to go back, like the idea of like putting myself back into that situation. And I'm like, wow, that is strange. Like I have been like a, you know, corporate revenue and like turnaround specialist for like most of my career. And you
1: succeeded really well. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Like, you know, it's all about streamlining people, process and technology and finding out, you know, what, um, Things we needed to do to support the business to achieve the outcomes. Right. So it was always actually figuring out what wasn't working, what needed to shift. So it was in a sense, sort of like my precursor to the work that I'm doing in the spiritual world and shifting emotions.
1: So I would think that your outer world would say, Christine, you're crazy to leave the success (laughs) that you have. Your skill set is amazing. And you're doing what you're going to do. My
2: spouse at the time said the same thing too, Robert. Yeah. So you're not getting
1: like uh, that, that what we call reinforcement of this divine download or something that said, you know, cause if you feel like imagine myself going back into what I'm good at all those years I've done oh, it and yeah. you're like oh, this, does, suddenly you're like, no, this doesn't fit me. Like the clothes just, you know, just rip them. I got to find <laughs> something else to wear. And the other it's people true. don't know. They don't go through that with you. They don't see that. No. And so they're like, what are you doing? Exactly. And I imagine that changes a lot of the people that, you know, saw you in one way may not want to, allow you to be something that they're not comfortable with?
2: Well, it's really, um, it's, it reminds me of a book that I read that was actually really impactful to me um, called um, uh, Average Sucks. Okay, <laughs> that's literally the name of the book. And it's not about being average, but it's actually about um, upping your own average and that people um, are one of the hardest. So it's like you have four walls. The wall in front of you is the where you want to be. The wall behind you is the wall you're never going back to. I absolutely can't do that. Won't do that. It's never going to happen again. Then the wall on the one side is how you see yourself, your own self-concept. But the hardest wall to break through is the wall over here, which is how everybody sees you. And the reason is they're used to you operating in your zone, what what he calls your zone of excellence, Mm -hmm. right? You're really good at it. You get paid well to do it, right? Everybody sees you as that role. Um, what I was being called to do is to move to my zone of genius. And so my zone of genius is being able to bring this, the power, soul intelligence to the world and help healthcare practitioners and healers use another modality right. to really shift um, healing completely um, and get to the root cause of emotion um, that's trapped within the body.
1: That's awesome. I I, yeah. I I love the fact that you were tenacious enough to, because Sometimes people say, Well, if you're really spiritual, you're very passive. That's not no. necessarily true. You're a, a warrior, <laughs> right? And, I you, am. and you and you then take that energy and go, I am out here co creating for good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why I'm here, I've acknowledged, I've, I've acknowledged, recognized something that I didn't know before. And perhaps there was all of this buildup and things that you had to go through. I mean, I, I remember doing a lot of things within four walls. For instance, all the years, my early years, of studying to become a homeopath mm. a lot of what we call grunt work right a lot of intense you know nose to the grind so getting other things done and then at a certain point you're like i gotta break out now right mm. there's something that's now bubbling the surface but you've worked all you know the the toiling and obscurity for x number of decades to become an overnight sensation right mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing you work very hard to achieve the success you had in mm-hmm. terms of your corporate world reality and then suddenly you're getting this information it's like take what you've learned now expand it into something that you're really here to do Absolutely. at this moment in time and now you struggle could potentially struggle against the well the expectations of me are here yeah i'm good at you know I'm yep. good, i gonna do it but it's i i recognize and acknowledge what you feel i could see that in my own life at certain times yeah and it's fascinating because it's scary too it's like but what if i leave those walls that i'm so comfortable within and i'm so good at what happens then and then the other people will encourage you to be afraid of taking that step
2: well the good news is i think i told you i started to bridge the work world right mm-hmm. between the the business world and the spiritual world so how i did it um so March of 2020, I was on my last turnaround, okay, which I thought it was going to be my last turnaround, but I thought I was going to retire there, so it wasn't exactly the yeah, way I yeah. thought it was going to work out. Um, but on March 12th of 2020, uh, the divine literally plucked me out of corporate America. And I say that because uh, it was a really challenging point um, for me. I was on year one of a planned three-year turnaround. Mm-hmm. I had a job I loved. I had about 1,000 people that reported up to me. It was a pretty big deal. Wow, I reported yeah. to the CEO of the company. Yeah. We actually um, had a um, uh, just gotten. I had just gotten a performance bonus, right? So that was going amazing. Um, yeah. I'm like feeling really good, and I get this call um, from the head of HR who told me that my services were no longer needed. I was like,
1: "What? What?" The, so something was uh, orchestrating this beyond just you.
2: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So wild. I'm in complete shock, yeah. and. I happened to be actually at um, a doctor's appointment with my husband who was undergoing a biopsy at the time for prostate cancer. Right. Which he since he had. Yeah. Um, So now I'm in complete shock. I'm 53. Yeah. I lost my job for the first time in my career because I've always met and exceeded expectations. Like complete shock. Never been fired in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, I need healthcare. What am I gonna do? Like, I was in complete panic mode. Yeah. I text my boss and I go, hey, I just got fired. He goes, me too. I'm like, what? What? Your boss also? (laughs) Yeah. It was a whole conspiracy because what had happened was, um, the CEO. Mm Um, would not allow us to hire anyone in the fourth quarter. He wanted us to hold the line on expenses. And I kept telling my boss, look, we're attriting too many people. We won't have enough people to work the the leads, the marketing, that we have prepared for Q1. Mm -hmm. Might as well set it on fire in the parking lot. So sure enough, Q1 comes around, um, and he fired both of us on the same day, took the board deck that we prepared, walked into the board meeting, said we didn't hire enough people, and he went on a hiring spree.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs)
2: So total wow. corporate like espionage, yeah. like the man, the whole show, delicious. right? Yeah. Oh, he was awful. Man. He was one of the worst narcissists but, I ever worked with.
1: But for. it played into that next step. So absolutely, this is the thing. And, and I like I everybody. I got
2: sidelined immediately. Consi-
1: <laughs> I want you to consider this when these things kind of happen because maybe yeah. other you're recognizing, oh, well, that happened to me too. or Yeah. And there are people plotting like this all of the time. But the question is, do you take it and look at it and then as if it's happening to you, like you're a victim of it mm. or it's happening for you? And the oh. benefit was, look at what I'm opening up for you. And that's a hard, a, one of the most difficult challenges, Absolutely. especially in a place where maybe you didn't get that. You weren't clued in to this. This is happening on a deeper spiritual level yeah. and somebody is shocked by it. And that can happen as well. Mm-hmm. The question is, can you come back to that? I am being cared for. I'm not being abandoned. I may not know all the answers, but this is there's something really good, something really amazing and wonderful happening. It's also cha- changing the mindset of expectation,
2: Absolutely. breaking a cycle
1: of "oh, poor me" to "oh, this is the most amazing thing ever." And even if you don't believe it,
2: just, working towards it, yeah,
1: working towards it, mm-hmm. and 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 utilizing things that can help get. Yeah, you I mean, there.
2: I went through all the stages of grief. I mean, yeah. I wallowed. Okay, wow. I was freaking yeah. out. I'm like, "What am I going to do?" You know, um, I did negotiate a decent exit package to give me a little bit of breathing room to figure it out Mm -hmm. i got great advice from a friend who said why don't you choose to do something you really want to do as opposed to what you feel you have to do yeah and that was such good advice um because i believe like you i believe there's four states of consciousness right Mm -hmm. so there's the life is happening to me victim villain hero the story there's life is happening for me which is a good next step Mm Then to me, there's life is happening through me, mm-hmm. where you really nice. feel the divine, right? Yeah, right. traveling through your body and yeah. coming through you in your actions, your words, your deeds, your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then the last stage for me is life is happening as me, mm-hmm. where you really feel that connection to oneness and all. You know, sometimes it happens most for me in nature, like out right. at the beach or in the yeah. mountains, and you just kind of lose yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but We can't stay there, right? That's that Buddha state. You know, yeah. the second you pull out in traffic, you're back down to the right. bottom, victim, villain, and hero. But um, just kind of recognizing what those stages are. So I really took it as an opportunity to go within, right, Thanks. and to take my time out. And I do believe that is the blessing of the, the COVID pandemic is yeah. forced everybody to go within, within our homes, within yeah. ourselves, with our families, and to really focus on what is important to us. And I think that's why we saw the great resignation. You know, even though I got personally plucked out, a lot of people started switching careers because they're like, this brings no meaning to my life. Right. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the silver lining for me, I fi- figured out how am I going to bridge this business and spiritual gap? Mm-hmm. So I started a little covert. Um, I started my coaching practice and I started working with executives um, and I did some leadership coaching. And then I started to work the energy work into the leadership coaching by going, hey, do you want to take a risk walk with me? Mm-hmm. I know we've been coaching around these topics, but I think if we use this method, the soul intelligence method, I'd actually be able to get to the root cause of your relationship Problems with your wife, or I'd be able to get to the root cause of why um, you're having so many struggles and attracting the wrong type of clients in your business. And so I, I said, you know, I'll do a regular one-on-one if you want it, mm-hmm. or we, c- you could take a risk walk with me and try it. And inevitably, everybody took the risk walk, and uh, it, it just kind of snowballed from there. So I kind of introduced it that way. Mm-hmm. I also got really brave and I uh, wrote to my doctor. Yeah. Now, she's a functional medicine practitioner. Um, Dr. Lisa coach in Tampa, yeah. Florida. She's fun. She's amazing. Um, and she, uh, she actually uh, works on Tony Robbins team as part of his medical team too, which mm-hmm. is super cool. She has the 11 pillars of health. Now she starts in the gut, like most of our functional medicine right, practitioners. Right. right? But pillar number 11 is energy work, spiritual work, like the holistic healing piece. And I said, hey, I know you know me as this crazy, plane hopping adrenal drunk-y, junkie, <laughs> you know, yeah. fried adrenal junkie, right? um, but I have this other hidden talent, and I'll come to your office, and I'll just sit in your office till you have a moment, because she's always back-to-back, um, and I want to do a session for you. And she's like, sure. I was like, oh, my gosh. Divine said yes. Okay, I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I go, and, of course, she's busy. She's totally packed. So she wanted me to start with another one of her practitioners who magically had two cancellations right in a row, which never happens. So, right, that yeah. was divine intervention. Right. So I started to do a session for her, and she was so blown away by the information that I gave her, and she started crying. She kicked her water all over the floor, which usually is an expression of emotion, right? right. Um, and then right at that moment, my doctor knocked on the door. She looked in, and she goes, how's it going? And she looks at her her colleague and goes, Oh God, she's a mess. I'm next. And it was kind of like game on. All right, we're here. That's awesome. That so awesome. that's how I started working with healthcare practitioners. Yeah. Um, and that's the roundabout way that I wound up meeting um Jamie Dorley at
1: Nutritional Frontiers. Right. And uh kudos to Jamie for not running away <laughs> from screaming, Oh my gosh,
2: who's this Christine person? Yeah, who's this crazy he did person? Quite
1: the opposite. He embraced you and said, Come on in, we need this. Yeah.
2: And it was I, I
1: love that. I love that about Jamie. I love that about the, uh, you know, the the commitment to more than just, you know, the great supplements we talk about Absolutely. as well. That is so much more than that. It's a mission. It's a purpose. It's an alignment and all of that. Now, ha- and let me ask you this, and you could feel free to communicate as little or as much as you want about this, sure. but we talk about the transition that we'll go through individually. Sometimes mm. our family doesn't come along for the ride. Oh, yeah. Uh, kids, spouses, grandparents you know typically the grandparents are like whatever you know we'll roll with you we love you no matter what but it's interesting how age gets you to that point where you're like you're not as tied into those things but a lot of times it's our ages and younger will try to hold us whether it be our peer groups or family members or even how do the kids adapt to that's mom? What happened to mom? Mm-hmm. Right. It's different. And I've heard these stories over the years of moms that have just been, you know, subjugated in, in a, in a certain way of a relationship and, and doing everything and suddenly realizing what about me mm-hmm. and they go out and claim it. And then everybody goes, where's mom? What happened? Cause they got used to it too. So, mm-hmm. and I say this also for everybody out there listening, you may have been through these things, but maybe there's some insights and tips and How do you communicate these things, these transformations or changes that happen within you to those that love you but then don't necessarily understand what is happening?
2: Well, I can kind of jump to the silver lining. Um, I wound up um, after my first year in business by myself doing the coaching, the consulting, the spiritual work, all of it and brought it all together. um, The divine rewarded me pretty handsomely. I actually wound up making more money on my own in my first year, and I was making healthy six figures. So the fact that that happened and that the divine blessed what I was doing, I knew I was on the right path. But in terms of how do you get, how do you bridge that gap between when you start and when you when you need to go, that's a big part of um, the coaching practice that um, I use with our team and with myself. Um, and it's really about um, what I would call future casting. So um, I have something called a sacred soul script mm-hmm. Um and usually I ask people, and we do this actually um every year at Nutritional Frontiers, um, but I have you, you know, sit down, we close our eyes, and I have you envision what does your life look like one year from now? What were the trips you went on? Who were the people you hung out with? What were some of the achievements that you had? Like where are the cool things that you were doing? What are the experiences? Because again, emotion is what moves us forward, right? And magnifies things into you. Um, and so. One of the things you do with your sacred soul script is not only do you talk about it, you feel it, you read it, you see it, you visualize it, you embody it, um, but you actually um, repeat it. So when I talked about in the beginning, brainwashing for good, okay, you control your messaging, that's your messaging. Your subconscious mind, which is running the show ninety-five percent of the time, and thank God it does, because otherwise we'd stop breathing at yeah, night, right? Exactly. But believe it or not, our conscious mind, where we spend so much time factoring, figuring, strategizing, calculating, is only five percent, isn't it? Blo- does not that blow your mind? And how much time Feels we spend like a up lot here, more, right? it? <laughs> So the subconscious mind is what we have to shift, and we have to use five percent of our mind to do that. So the way we do that is you write your sacred soul script out. And I do, have, I do have that, so I'll share that with you if you want. Um, but you write it out, and you write it as if it's already happened with a lot of feeling words and emotion. And then you envision that every morning and or read it every night or rewrite it as you feel called. Right. Yeah. And you do that every day because our subconscious mind doesn't know time. Right right? It doesn't know the past. It doesn't know the future. It doesn't know the present. It just knows feeling and emotion. And so if you can put yourself in that state, you're going to magnify it to you. So I knew myself, um, that if I would put down what I was doing a year from now and how my business looked, that I was going to make it and I was going to get there. And I just told them to trust. And so it was really interesting. At the same time I landed my first big corporate client. Okay. When I went on my own, I got a job offer from another company to go back into corporate America. So I felt like the divine was like, okay, temporary. yes. Are you in? Are you all in? Or are you going to go back to this? And I chose to go with the corporate client um, and work on my own. And, uh, you know, I, I don't regret it for a moment. I don't regret it for a moment. But, yeah, yeah there's, there's always a test. There's always a, are you sure?
1: Always a test. Well, <laughs> And are you saying, like, uh, people around you, were nervous for you when you made oh, this? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. My yeah. husband, of course, was very concerned about the money because um, I have always held a, a pretty substantial corporate-type role, right? Um, a significant earner and yeah. um, certain lifestyle we've grown right? accustomed to. And so all that comes, you know, a little shaky. Um, my kids were grown, so they weren't as concerned. Um, but the cool thing you asked about even family. So uh, my dad has um, passed away, but my mom and I are super, super close. And she actually invested in my business Wow! and That's said, awesome. I want, I, she goes, I know you're going to do great. I know this is what you're supposed to do, which is really interesting because she grew up Catholic and had very strict beliefs. Um, she still, you know, doesn't like anything like um, tarot cards or anything like that. Yet she'll allow me to do the soul intelligence method for her mm-hmm. and has actually asked me to do it. Um, But she believed in me so much and what I was doing that she actually invested in um, my company early on and helped me close a gap and then refused to take it back. She said, nope, it's an investment. I don't I don't want it back. And it's wild because I never asked my parents for anything like any money, any help, any. And so that to me, like, was like, wow, my mom's bought in. Okay, I'm doing it. I got to do it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So that was pretty incredible. And it's kind of wild. like we had, you asked about like childhood and when did I know? And so my mom and I used to go on mother daughter trips every year Mm -hmm. and we went on a mother daughter trip to St. Augustine, which is like one of the most haunted cities in Florida. Okay. It's like the oldest city in Florida, but we would like historic homes and gardens and all kinds of stuff. And I remember we walked into this one building. Um, I think it was a jail actually. And both of us were in there for maybe three minutes And we both said, I can't possibly, um, I go, I go, I got to get out of here. My mom goes, I, I feel, I have a headache. I I feel something on my head. I got to get out of here. So we both got out of there. We sat down on a bench outside and I said, okay, mom, I'm going to hold your hand. Um, and I said, I just want you to close your eyes. And I said, I'm going to get this stuff off us. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me and I said, I said, okay, so I, said a prayer i brought light in i do what i needed to do to shift i knew i could shift energy at that point this was in my 40s -hmm. um and i knew how to move lower force energy out um and i did that and then i turned and looked at her and i said okay do you feel better she goes yeah i go i guess we better talk then (laughs) because we had never talked about it
1: explain what what happened yeah yeah
2: and so i shared with her how i learned how to do a methodology you know and um that it was given to me. It was divinely given to me. And I know how to shift negative energy back to the underworld where it belongs and to bring in the light energy and all that good stuff. And, um, she wasn't scared and she was like, well, that was pretty incredible. And she said, when I was a little, when she was a little girl, she actually could sense and see when someone was going to pass and it wow. scared her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she, she could sometimes see like auras around people and my mom was so scared of it that she actually went into the medical field. She was um, uh, like a, a, she worked in a hospital laboratory and worked in the blood bank and made sure that people get the right blood during an operation. I yeah. went so far to the left. Right. right. In terms of science. Yeah. Um, to kind of run away from her gift. Um, and so she said, you know, I asked that I prayed and asked that it be shut down. Um, and so, but I didn't learn this until I was in my forties, you know I mean? Like all the, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. Isn't so that crazy? It's
1: fascinating though. Uh, when we talk about the orthodoxies that are around us, whether it be in our, you know, traditional religious uh, uh, practices and things that often that which they don't understand, they'll condemn or they'll,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, try to frighten you away from. Now I'm not saying that there's no risk or, or danger associated with, um, traveling in those worlds oh if there's you don't challenges have, if you don't, yeah, know doing, don't know what you're for doing what you're doing don't have the right protection all of that at the same time there's much of an authoritarian uh, response or reaction to keep people from that connection in a responsible manner I say absolutely because you begin to see those authoritarian power structures are not needed for you in mm. that same way that they're needed for others and um, very often it, it reflects poorly on them. And I'm not saying it. I'm just saying what, what often is what's felt is like, Oh, sure, shouldn't do that. I can't. Now I feel somewhat inferior and that's not you trying to make people inferior. That's not mm-hmm. my point, but people will have that perspective or those that have achieved high levels of authority within maybe religious or spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. That's a threat to their ability to hold a flock, Absolutely. so to speak. Cause you're like, I like, reminding people of their divinity, because that means they can access their own healing directly with mm-hmm. or without a doctor. For sure. like, Ooh, the doctors might not like that. Now, the doctors that are my friends like it because they're about investing in reminding people of where that power and empowering is, right? people
2: to heal themselves. But Absolutely. those,
1: those that are not invested in that, that feel like they need the power in order to make money or whatever Control. it is, yeah. uh, will be threatened by people that have that direct link or direct connection. And so uh, when I talk about these things uh, and I love having these conversations and I thank you, Christine, for sharing (laughs) these things and talking about this, it's to kind of give us an understanding of the many ways we can transit and travel through the worlds of creation and how we may find ourselves in a very comfortable place of being under authority and being good with that. Right. But many people that listen to and watch this show are no longer good with that. That's what, the, you know, I think the resonance is. It's like, sure. you know, I'm ready to take some other steps. Uh, I've gone through the authorities of all these things and it didn't work. It, it was not working for me anymore. And so to realize that that's not a bad place or space to be in. In fact, it's an opportunity for spiritual growth. Too. Mm-hmm. And that's the opportunity we have uh, in terms of making choices in our life as opposed to having choices made for us. Because if we don't make them, somebody will be happy to make them oh, for us. That's, right?
2: that's the truth for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I, you know, um, I went on my own spiritual quest in my twenties, right? Mm -hmm. I was looking, I was like, okay, well Catholic, that's like a lot of sit, stand, kneel stuff and like a lot of rote. And I I was like, okay, I don't feel connected Mm -hmm. just because I'm repeating the same thing over and over and it's familiar and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, well, maybe it's Methodist, maybe it's Lutheran, maybe it's, you know, and I kind of went on this whole spiritual quest and I went, maybe it's just me talking to the divine. So uh, you know, every day I meditate, every day I prayer, every day I ask that the divine come through me um, and, you know, enter my mind and my, my, you know, make sure that he enhances, he or she enhances right. my words and my being and, you know, everything that I'm doing. So I feel much more spiritually connected um, and and feel the divinity coming through me more so now than I ever did just following, you know, um, a dogma or religious practice. It doesn't mean it's not good because I do think it provides great structure for people. I think Christ was an ascended master and I love his, you know, his teachings. Um, Probably the greatest one is love one another as you love yourself. I think if we could all really grasp that, we'd eliminate most of the problems in the world, right? Um, Too many of us focus on loving that other person and don't love ourselves. And that's when we attract um a lot yeah. of destructive energy into our lives
1: yeah i've said it this way uh if you're happy where you are and you're fulfilled stay there why would you need to move right <laughs> but if you ever Great get advice. that point of i call it divine discontent i'm not i didn't come up with that Ooh, but if you've heard of that i do like the, that divine discontent it's sort of like something's going on something's bubbling up and you're not sure but the, as is we've talked already about your journey as well mm-hmm. how it butts up against people's expectations and their reality mm-hmm. And it isn't that I ever intend to uh, insult somebody's reality or belief system at all. It's just that I like to honor everybody where they're at. And for me, that it's exciting to me. That's why I love these conversations. Yeah. Because I've had people from various faiths and backgrounds and beliefs and experiences, and I love them all. Because they're sharing their passion, their journey, and what, what really lights them up. Mm-hmm. And we've had the soundtrack, the music going on. I know, on, right? On, and now it gets serious. It's like it's quieted down for the yeah, moment. But it's For a moment. Bad.
2: It's coming. He's going to blast it's funny it.
1: about today's show. I usually don't have a musical soundtrack to it, but it's, it's kind of cool. But the, I also talk about uh, Divine Spirit as... Uh, being experienced as light and sound mm-hmm. you know the twin aspects of the holy spirit divine spirit so for me it's kind of fun that we're getting a lot of sound here <laughs> not that i can dance but i was on a pirate ship with christine and the nutritional frontiers crew just doing it whatever shaking it it was so much fun
2: oh my gosh well but we're going to do it again yeah. okay but we're doing it slightly differently so we have our next professional training event the first weekend in october in pittsburgh And one of the things we're going to do is silent disco.
1: Yeah, we talked about that on the air. I said, that sounds even worse. I at least want to hear something. for. Well, we will be just like
2: this. Headsets and dancing to music, and it'll be Be great. And you want to have a conversation, you take the headset off. It'll be fabulous. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. But, But, I mean, to your point, light and sound, right? You know, there's divine sounds. Um, You know, ohm, the primordial sound of the universe, right? Um, Venereal beats, there's a lot of things. What's the one that you use? We
1: talked about the hue.
2: Right? you H-U, right yes.
1: An ancient sacred name for God and uh, and I know the concept of sound was something part of my upbringing in the in Judaism because with the Bar Mitzvah was singing and chanting mm-hmm. in Hebrew but the words of God the Torah that that kind of inspiration so it wasn't just about reading it was about taking it into a musical quality a sound mm-hmm. quality and how that can uplift and that's like a mantra too when you sing a, 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 a sound has a vibration mm-hmm. it alters consciousness. Now I guess that could be done good or bad, but for the most part, I think people that are seeking to do the things we're talking about are seeking something better, right. something greater for themselves, opening themselves, breaking through the blockages. You know, and sound is very powerful. Absolutely, fact, arguably- I love a sound
2: bath. Have yes. you done a sound bath healing? Oh my Aren't gosh, they great? It's the craziest, coolest thing. <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about it, right? Everybody and everything is energy. Mm-hmm. So everything is a vibration, yeah. right? That's how we're able to broadcast right now, right? It's, it, we can't see it, but we know it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how the internet works. I just know it does, you know, kind of like my car. I don't know how that works yeah. either, but it just goes when I drive right. it. Um, but everybody and everything is energy, and it's all a vibration. And so sound is extremely powerful. Um, and so often when I'm doing my um, soul intelligence work, I have high vibrational music on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that I can make sure I raise my vibe and that I'm yeah. setting the right sta- station and, um, you know, setting for everybody to have their healing experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this is so fun for me to just talk about. It's like not, these are the conversations I wish I had when I was younger. growing oh, up. Me right? too. We talk about that? Totally. Like, if you could hear these things, just people speaking from their heart about their experiences and you go, oh, I'm not so weird after all. <laughs> or maybe I am. And it's OK. Right. Uh, Well,
2: you know, I talk about like emotions getting trapped and like how destructive it can be. And so, um, you know, I had my own experience with um, healing my own cancer. Um, I actually had a a pap smear that came back abnormal. And so they did a biopsy in office and they said, well, um, there are cancerous cells in there, you know, mutated cells. And so we need to go to the hospital and do a conical biopsy. And I'm like, what? You know? So I was really worked up. And this was while I was still working in corporate America. So a little bit prior to, to what I just talked about. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, well, I got to find out why or what's going on. Uh, and obviously I have to do something differently. Now, having grown up, you know, and operate in corporate America, you know, I talk about the power of emotion and how EQ is so much more impactful than IQ and mm-hmm. um, in corporate America, there's no crying in baseball. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to show emotion. You shouldn't be crying at work. And you know, it's very male oriented and dominated. And as a woman, I always felt like I had to do more. Like I remember like, um, putting myself through college, I attended bar and I always wanted to carry like two cases of beer up, two Mm -hmm. flights of stairs just to prove to the guys I could do it. I didn't Mm -hmm. need their help. So stupid now Mm -hmm. when I look at it, but anyway, so trying to fit into this mold of what I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, I needed to be. Um, and, I wasn't embracing the feminine side of myself at all. It was all male because I, I saw, you know, being raised this way, I saw that being a woman is weak, you know, crying is weak. And I never thought about all these incredible goddesses like Sekhmet and Kali, like they're these powerful, incredible deities. Right. Um, And so I, I was like, I had this warped view. And so I think I suppressed that. And so all of that emotion was stuck. If you think about the cervix, that's our, the sacral chakra that is where we birth ideas we birth businesses that's Mm -hmm. birth babies right Mm -hmm. that's that's where all of that energy is stored yeah so i went to a healer um so someone who did like um uh what do you call it like energetic acupuncture i guess is the best way to put it so she didn't really touch you but put her hands on you laid hands on you almost like a reiki kind of thing if people are familiar with that Mm -hmm. and um she said to me well you need to embrace your divine feminine i'm like well what the heck does that mean (laughs) Like, I don't know what that means. I mean, does that mean I need to wear dresses? I got to put on more makeup? What does that mean? You know? Um, sequence, so, <laughs> for
0: sure.
2: Sequence. sequence. So I, I so I went on this study. I started to learn about what it means to embrace your divine feminine, which is really that creative spiraling energy. And the divine masculine holds the divine feminine so that she's able to create um, and bring life into the world. And so when you look at it as, you know, you talk about God's image, like to me, that's that's it. The divine to me is the divine, masculine, divine, feminine embodied in one, you know, or within two souls, right. Um, or two people. And so it was really like embracing, Oh, the creativity, the going within the, all of those feminine aspects of myself. So I started doing all that inner work and I, you know, did the energy work. I did my soul intelligence work. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, I go for the conical biopsy. I have my appointment with my doctor and she looks at me, in the charts with this startled face and says, it's gone. You don't, we, maybe we cut it all out. I'm like, yeah, maybe we did. Right. Maybe we well, cut it all out.
1: Like what you want. That's fine. It's <laughs> gone. Thank you very much. I'm like, I'm and I here. haven't
2: had an issue since praise God, you know, but um, I do believe uh, in the power of our own ability to heal, which is yeah. one of the things that I love about your show and that you're always empowering people to make sure that they heal themselves mentally, emotionally, physically, and, yeah spiritually um, and ultimately energetically, because that's our mission too.
1: It is so much fun. I can't tell you how fun it is. Maybe you notice occasionally I enjoy myself on the show. <laughs> uh, I say it's also a catharsis for me too, because sometimes, you know, quite honestly, we look at the world that we're in mm-hmm. and we see a lot of stuff that we're like, I can't believe that's happening. I know. This is horrific. And uh, and I don't mean to bring up the negative in the context of this wonderful discussion, but that is something that just because we make a shift, you make a shift, the cancer goes away. That's an amazing miracle. At Absolutely. the same time, it doesn't automatically translate into everyone around us instantly has that same epiphany because their journey is unique and different and its timeline is different. But the principles that you bring out, the things I try to bring out can mm-hmm. be applied in all of those places.
2: Well, the good news is there is the butterfly effect, right? Mm-hmm. Which we know about, yes. which is, right, you do a little bit of good over here, and it has the capacity to kind of ripple out across right. the world. So I believe the more we stay in the light, the more we stay in our higher level of consciousness, yeah. we're going to connect with other people, and we're going to be able to affect it as a whole.
1: Yeah, and that's part of the uh, what they attempt to diminish, that that has any reality. Of because course. Because if you can be told that you're not powerful, that you don't have an impact or an effect— you can be easily manipulated and just giving up Mm -hmm. and then just kind of putting your head down and going back to those four walls we talked about earlier on. Right. For sure. And, and yet, as I said, the threat to various power structures on the planet isn't necessarily one country dominating another, but it's one soul acknowledging his or her divinity and living it fully because that completely disconnects them from the source of how they were acting as if they were a parasite to you. Taking your energy, secretly taking it by telling you, I'm helping you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know doing for you what you couldn't possibly do for yourself and basically they're taking your energy and using a little bit to give back to you just so you're happy enough and then the rest they're stealing for themselves for other things
2: yeah it's very yeah. vampiric right. Yes, you exactly. can feel it yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, when you're around or at least i can now at least now that i have the recognition of it yeah. i can literally feel when someone is trying to kind of see yeah. and take take yeah um and so one of the things i actually had to learn as a healer mm. was to make sure that um, I wasn't absorbing other people's stuff. Remember I told you why, you know, you would feel it. And I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. I feel terrible. How am I going to, you know, instead of taking things on for other people, mm-hmm. it was a recognition that I need to shine my light outward right. to be able to affect more people. Mm-hmm. And so I think more of us have to kind of figure out what does that mean and how do I do that on a regular basis mm-hmm. so that we don't cause destruction. Sure. So,
1: And how do you do that in a way that honors those folks that are not, perhaps ready to make these leaps we're discussing, right? Well,
2: um, sometimes it requires you to remove yourself from a situation, unfortunately. And like you asked me earlier, how did everybody handle? um, How did people handle different things going on? Um, And essentially, you know, sometimes your friend group's going to change. But the cool thing is somebody moves out and then somebody else more in alignment with you moves in. This is
1: what happened in the three years of COVID crazy. Oh, yeah. People that we thought believed similarly to us when confronted with that intense fear, Mm -hmm. we realized they weren't as grounded in those principles because they abandoned them and did things We were like shocked.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I couldn't believe, you know, and and I heard that story time and time and time again through that period. And then there are other people we never knew that really were aligned and are aligned Mm -hmm. with personal responsibility and, and uplifting and empowering others. And that didn't buy the lies and the deceptions and the fear mongering. And so we have gained a lot on new friends and family members yeah. over the course of these, you know, you could say tragedies of, of, of a lot of loss. Absolutely. Uh, but to your point that we end up even with more extraordinary relationships through these difficult times.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the bright light. Mm-hmm. Right. That's when the light comes out. And it's really funny. Um, I've been hearing from people lately. I think you've even remarked I'm glowing lately. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So I'm like, you know, when you feel loved, when you feel supported, when you are in connection with your life, mission, vision and purpose, the light naturally comes out of you. And and people see that, right, whether that's through your eyes or just through your presence. Yeah. But people will naturally start to feel that and see that. Um, And, you know, I think part of it is, too, you know, ever since I got told that my biological age was 14 years younger than yeah, my actual you. age, I'm feeling it. Oh, I'm feeling it. it, Robert. I'm glowing.
1: You're living it. <laughs> Well, and that's the the tennis part of this thing, and and we're planning to hit the courts while we're here at one point. I'm excited.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah,
1: we'll report back on how I survive or don't, (laughs) Uh, and if I don't, she'll be here to tell you all about it.
2: I will. I'll come on air. I promise. Yeah,
1: she whipped my butt. I'll be
2: like, hey, Super Don, hook me up.
1: Right? So, uh, yeah, and and my fear of getting on the court with you is only that – You know what? I'm not afraid, actually, as I think about it. Just I'm excited about it because I know.
2: When was the last time you played?
1: I would say about a year ago, a little bit with another. uh, It was Casey Krejci's daughter, eldest daughter. I was out visiting him in Florida outside of Orlando, and uh, he lives in a beautiful place. They had a court in the back, so I got to get out there. And so it was really fun and I love because I I don't get to play it much, but I recognize that I do enjoy it immensely Right when I'm out there. So It isn't so much because some people are so super competitive and I know you are because you're a champion (laughs) and you have the team that you do.
2: Right, right.
1: But I'm going to, why I'm not, because I'm out there not to whoop your butt, not even the delusions I have, but just to have fun, to get back on the court and also to learn to go, you know, I know someone here that is, work in it and, and, and I haven't in a long time and I know I can do it, but it's so for me So to did you play in it.
2: high school, college? I don't remember uh, what you told me now.
1: No, it was a, a little bit of both, but well, nothing okay. to the level you described. It was more recreational athletic because I was a, you know, an athlete more of the water because I had a lot of issues with my musculoskeletal system and inflammation as a kid because Got I was it. raised pharmaceutically. So I, I willed myself through all these things. So I still wanted to be active but okay. I couldn't do a lot of land activity, but I found that I could do tennis.
0: Oh, yeah. Nice. Cause it
1: was like, the movement was fast. It was more sprinter speed, stop a little bit sprint again, sure. versus the, I just, dislike like the long distance type stuff, right. the running and things. So for me, it fit well and it does fit well. So I enjoy it uh, tremendously. So I'm looking forward to that just for the fun of it.
2: That's going to be And if you've got to
1: tolerate with me, not be, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, so. I
2: told you I brought rackets. Yes. Okay. So I drug them all the way from Florida, all the way to Vegas for yep, us. So yep. hopefully, uh. Hopefully we'll get a chance to use them.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, a little bit. Of, we got a few minutes. Oh, we're doing great. About six minutes left to, cool. to wrap up. But some announcements again. Uh, Christine reminded us there's some great events that Nutritional Frontiers is hosting, and you can go to nutritionalfrontiers.com. Some of those upcoming events I'll have listed in our upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Uh, we're here at another event. Sometimes we can be at events that are not ours, but we. We are here. That's right. And, We're
2: biometting it up.
1: Right. And uh, <laughs> you know, sharing what we know, lecturing. I'm doing moderation. I've got a bunch of other events coming up as well. Sometimes again, it's awesome when Nutritional Frontiers is there too, because I get to have my uh super shakes, everything that yeah, you know, it's nice, right? It's I the the GI complete. Yes. Uh, and uh that was great. So it's a lot of things that keep me going on the road as well. And I get to tell people most excitedly about the at the Enter DMG, the DMG lozenges in particular, because I travel a lot, it's easier to carry these lozenges around. And-
2: I took my Immunimax today. Yep. I did my shake today. I actually did, I packed some shakes before I left. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of put my favorite formulations in like a little zippy bag. Yep. Um, and I came with, uh, well, today I took, usually I do the chocolate peanut butter with our chocolate greens, which mm-hmm. is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, but today I did chocolate um, super shake with our ch- pr- chocolate greens Mm -hmm. and i did gi complete raspberry it's Mm -hmm. chocolate raspberry oh my gosh it's so good so good i did do my creamsicle yesterday because i knew Mm. i had a bunch of traveling to do so So that's that's the power field the oranges and the super shake i don't have that to play against you today so hopefully hopefully i'll have enough energy to make it happen
1: look at i think you're going to do just (laughs) fine just fine and so remember the rsb 15 code and you can even even double dip on the on sale items and their sale items right now is the big one is the um we talk about the uh the weight issue, you know, and we talked about. I believe responsibly, right? Oh, we talked yeah. about the people that do it irresponsibly don't understand the role of the liver, the gut, all of that, and they just say, "Hey, let's take this stimulant; we'll alter." It. Now, mm. these things have a place in conjunction, I believe, with the larger picture, the bigger picture, and just like I talked with Jamie and you about the uh, the creatine, mm-hmm. I would never take creatine because I see it as an isolate, and it was not healthy ultimately. Right, and you guys form is somebody formulated this beautiful piece that I looked at, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can take this now. And it's been tremendous. You know, people are looking at me going, dude, you're muscling up, right? <laughs> and I've always been slender, but I mean yeah. to build the muscle was harder because I'm not bodybuilding weightlifting. I'm sure. doing more uh high intensity training, kickboxing and stuff. So I it was like not a big focus, but it, I didn't need to when I was on the super when I'm on the super creatine. It's just like those things I'm doing suddenly resulted in.
0: Mm -hmm. So there's
1: some awesome formulations that you guys at Nutritional Frontiers are doing and you guys are plugging in. I know use the code RSB15, get the discount. And then the thermogenesis complete is what I was going to say. The new, new, newest formula. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, And we're all doing it in Nutritional Frontiers. We're all in the biggest loser. So we're all taking the thermogenesis. You got a
1: competition going? Yeah,
2: we do. It's kind of fun. Kind of fun. Yes. I'm going to see, do we lose inches? How does it change our body comp? You know? Um, And it's really nice. It's nice to have um, something to support weight loss without um, a stimulant, like you said, you know, and so I'm excited to see how it works, but we've gotten great uh, feedback already. We've only just released it a few weeks ago. So it's really, really fun. Yay! And if anybody's interested in learning about the Soul Intelligence Method, they can go to soulintelligencemethod.com forward slash yes Mm -hmm. to figure that out. Um, And um, I'm happy to hook you up with a practitioner, a certified practitioner, if you're looking to get um, a Soul Intelligence session done. I'm actually going to be doing a Soul Intelligence session live tomorrow here at the Biomed Expo at 10 o'clock. So if you still uh, wanted to get a ticket and sign up, we are, I believe, broadcasting everything, streaming it virtually.
1: Mm -hmm. And, And I guess the question is, what other events do you have that uh, you're going to be doing some more soul intelligence presentations?
2: Oh, well, probably the next one is our professional training event in October okay. um, in Pittsburgh. That's will, the next one. Will
1: there be another one in the calendar, New Year 2024, like down in the Tampa Clearwater area again?
2: Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's actually going to be um, the first weekend in May. So you can come Sanco de Mayo with us on oh, the pirate ship.
1: Dude, I, I don't <laughs> want to miss that. So we got a lot of advance notice on that designed for mostly health professionals so if you're out there in the health professional field and you want to be on the the boat with the us pirate ship, pirate ship have a good us, time yep. have a great time that'll be that'll be a lot of fun yeah we're definitely um, in also as we got just a few minutes left i want to uh let you know about tomorrow's broadcast um the most special broadcast i think i've ever done it's a three-hour broadcast many of you said i want you to do a three-hour show robert two hours is not enough and i'm like really? I, I know i know but <laughs> it's a big Task to do two hours plus because we always do plus in the bonus round. Mm-hmm. And um, what's stimulating this tomorrow is my friend Jonathan Emore. You know him as the uh, FDA dragon slayer. He's beaten back the FDA world record eight times. Amen. And he is all about freedom of speech, freedom of choice, no mandates. And he gets in the U.S. Senate. He's going to make, you know, talk about that plus factor, the energy integrity he brings to it. Oh, gosh. There are a few people in there, not a lot, but he would double triple quadruple that kind of energy he's definitely
2: back. A, a spiritual warrior uh, he is sure.
1: absolutely and mm-hmm. so we're going to do a three-hour event uh normal start time for the robert Scott bell show uh that's three o'clock eastern noon pacific but we're going to go three hours and we're going to simulcast all three hours on TV and brighteon.com and mike adams is going to show up for at least an hour out of the three. Oh wow and he doesn't do this a lot and we'll have a lot of special guests in support of jonathan emord we'd love for you to to chip in Uh, This is the end of the quarter to get him over the top, and he's already got the endorsement of Ron Paul. and You know Congressman Ron Paul is the freedom uh, guy, like he's a modern-day founding father, and he doesn't throw out endorsements lightly or easily. And that also benefits what we do, what Nutritional Frontiers does, all of these wonderful companies that are doing so much good science and validation, yet they are limited in what they can say to you. I have more freedom of speech because I don't technically sell anything, but... There's so much more that could be said about these products and what they can do for you and mm-hmm. for your loved ones. No, for sure. And we are, you know, constrained by things like FTC, FDA, uh, prior restraint—they call it—and the burden is on us to prove that what we're saying is true or not false, mm. as opposed to the burden on the government to prove that what we're saying is false. And it's all backwards, inside out, upside down. So that's a significant part of why, among many reasons, why we're doing that special telethon for Jonathan Emore tomorrow. So I hope that you'll give a little. And uh, uh, be part of that, because that's the transformation of the health of all of us in America, much less how we impact the world. We've got to do a better job. Absolutely. At this.
2: I totally agree.
1: So with that, uh, Christine, God bless you. Love you. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Back at you, brother.
1: And big love to all our, your family and friends at Nutritional Frontiers. Thank you. It's been special to hang out. And even when we don't have a lot of people at some of these events, we get to connect with each other and a few special people we meet along the way. God never wastes any of this.
2: Oh, absolutely We always
1: find some extraordinary things that happen. So thank you all for being here. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's special broadcast, three hours on the Robert Scat Bell Show, robertscatbell.com. Link into everything that you know and love that's uplifting and healing because the power to heal is yours.